0: Hello and welcome to Switzer Investing. I'm Peter Switzer, thanks for joining me. And on tonight's program we look at a group of stocks that were, questions were asked about in our know, Boom, Doom and Zoom show on Thursdays for our subscribers to the Switzer Report. And they asked us about Net Blue BlueScope, Intertech Pivot, CSL, Tyro. Uh, we also got Mike Gable who's on the show to look at the ASX 200 and the S&P 500 to see where this market's going with all this warfare around at the moment. And Mike also gives us the stock he really likes right now. The show is made up of Julia Lee, of course, from Berman Invest, Uh, we've got uh, Michael Gable as I've pointed out from Fairmont Equities, and Adam Dawes of Shore & Partners, and they're going to look at those stocks. I've already uh, talked to you about. Now remember, NAB Trade will be donated all brokerage earned on Thursday 17th of March to a charity called Give It for the storms and flooding appeal. Now 100% of your brokerage fees will go towards Aussies badly affected by the recent floods to help rebuild their homes and their communities. It's a really really good idea. So for more information just head to www.nabtrade.com.au Now let's catch up with Julia Lee. Welcome to the program, Julia.
1: Great to be here, Pete.
0: The market was up nicely today. What do you think behind that?
1: It was a pretty amazing session on the Aussie share market, given that on Wall Street on Friday, we saw the Nasdaq down 2.2% and we saw the S&P 500 down 1.2%. And in comparison, the Aussie share market gained more than 1%. Now, part of that is that we have seen commodity prices pulling back a little bit, especially oil prices. Oil prices were down around about 2.5% in Asia. And one thing Pete, we've been doing across the portfolio is trimming some of those very strong returns that we've seen in the resource space the reason behind that is that we have seen china sticking with its net zero COVID policy so we know that in hong kong numbers have been rising strongly and now in china we've seen them shutting down shenzhen which is very much a tech city which sort of borders hong kong so um that net zero policy unfortunately is probably going to lead to reduced output and some factories shutting down over the next month or so as china tries to get a handle on those COVID 19 cases mm. so obviously the biggest customer of our iron ore is china it's also a net importer of oil so we are seeing commodities for the short term are uh, pulling back a bit On the flip side, this week's going to be a massive week because we're expecting to see an interest rate rise coming out of the US. So 25 basis points has been already baked into the pie. And look, that's great news for the banks, which usually benefit from a rising interest rate environment. It's great for the insurance, insurers that get higher yields on their investment portfolios. It's great for companies like Computer Share, which get a higher balance on their cash balances or a higher return on their cash balances as well. So today on the market, we saw the financial space on fire. It was the best performing sector, but unfortunately, we saw the resources space coming under pressure. Yeah,
0: I, I guess we've got an interesting diversification here, haven't we, Julia? And it is interesting that the US market's down, you know, 10 or 12% since January four, but we're down at only about 6%. We're kind of really well balanced for whatever might happen going forward.
1: I think that's twofold. In Australia, we have a very high yield. So when we do see markets falling, that yield acts as a buffer because you get paid that dividend whether or not markets are going up or down. So having that buffer is nice. It means that sometimes Australia can be relatively defensive, especially in months like February, where those dividends are being paid out or a majority of those dividends are being paid out. And then the other side is that um, inflation's a big concern at the moment, and the big inflation hedge is commodities. We've seen commodity prices doing extremely well, whether it's hard commodities or soft commodities. And given that we're very much the best, best diggers of dirt in the world, um, that, that commodity exposure help, has helped cushion not only the Australian share market, but also the Aussie dollar, which has been doing relatively well as well. Yeah. So um, it's been good news for Australia and will probably be, continue to be good news for Australia. But I think in the short term, it's time for a bit of a rest in terms of those commodity prices. OK,
0: got, I've got three stocks I'd like to have a look at. One is called Net Wealth. What do you think of that company?
1: I really like Net Wealth. This is a platform for financial planners, advisors, individuals to use to keep track of their investments and make investments. Um, and look, the last few years, Net Wealth has been benefiting from the disruption we've seen in that uh, financial planning space. We've seen the big four banks divesting their wealth units, um, and those advisors have become independent or setting up their own shops, and they need a platform, so they use something like Net Wealth or Hub 24 to to invest through. Um, So we have seen advisor numbers and increase in advisor numbers using these platforms, good news for revenue. On the flip side, you know, the very low interest rates means there's not much of a return on the cash balances there, but as interest rates start to rise, so should the, the return on the cash balances, which can be quite big at times, on these platforms so i think uh, companies like net wealth as well as hub 24 they will benefit from mm-hmm. this rising interest rate environment one of the negatives that came out in the net wealth uh, result last in february was that uh, it did see costs rising quite substantially i think it was by about 34 um, i don't mm-hmm. think that's going to continue on and that's probably more of a once-off um, disruption but um, I think that they'll continue to see growth in terms of funds under management and advisors being added and then add into the mix, expected higher interest rates. And it's probably a pretty good time for net wealth, especially given that after the February results, there was a bit of disappointment in the market. Mm.
0: Analysts um, think about 20% upside. Let's go to Blue Scope. It was a company you've liked in the past. What do you think its, its future looks like?
1: Yeah, BlueScope is all about the steel prices and hot rolled coil over in the US, which is the major market for them has um, come down from about over 2,000 US to around about 1,100 US. So a view on Blue Scope is really a view on whether you see those hot uh, rolled coil prices having been bottomed down. I think we're pretty close to the bottom here. I think at these prices, uh, Blue Scope still is looking relatively interesting. I'd probably start by just nibbling away at a small bit and as confidence returns to the share price action, just adding to that position. But of course, over here in Australia, unfortunately we have we have had a devastating couple of weeks in terms of the rain and the floods And now the rebuilding effort really is going to have to start. So there's been major impacts in terms of infrastructure that is going to need to be rebuilt in northern Queensland, uh, in northern New South Wales, as well as in Queensland. Um, So there will be additional demand, I think, coming through for Mm. steel here in Australia. So the the forecast for Blue Scope Steel in terms of its Australian business was to be relatively flat this financial year. I think there's probably going to be a bit of a kick up over the next six to 12 months, given those rebuilding efforts. At the moment, we're seeing a lot of cleaning happening, um, but hopefully that soon turns into rebuilding and helping people um, where we've seen those towns and those cities devastated.
0: Okay, here's a company you've talked about in the past, Incitec Pivot. What's your current view? I
1: love Incitec Pivot, (laughs) Pete, and we have it. Um, It's doing extremely well and look, Fertiliser, agriculture, um, all doing really well at the moment. Today we heard from elders, which came out with a profit upgrade and the stock was up by around about 13%. Mm -hmm. So I guess when you look at sectors like agriculture or even aquaculture, which is more like fish farming, um, it does tend to be cyclical. And after what's been pretty tough in terms of drought and a lack of rain and bushfires, Mm growing conditions have been much better not only that pricing has been much better as well so we've got a double whammy there where we've got these great uh, seasonal conditions happening and on the other side we've got this geopolitical risk from Russia and Ukraine which is actually helping grain prices especially given that Russia is such a big exporter of grain so we have seen pricing going strong. And that's been great news for companies like Incitec Pivot, for New Farm, for Elders and, you know, agricultural stocks in general have been doing extremely well. So we're sort of at the top of that cycle. um, And then you add in that geopolitical risk and the strong pricing that's been happening because of that. And we've seen another leg up. So Incitec Pivot shares are trading around a a four year high. I think as long as you see that uh, Uh, geopolitical risk and Russia and Ukraine at war and that escalating, you'll continue to see those fertiliser prices being driven up quite rapidly. And it's been an amazing run. I think in the last uh, few weeks, we've seen Intertech Pivot's price um, rising probably more than 30%, and we've seen those uh, fertiliser prices rising very rapidly as well.
0: Okay, one quick one before you go. Is there a, a, a stock that you've added to the fund recently?
1: No, but I've been adding lots of uh, existing positions, adding to lots of existing positions. Probably the last stock that we added to the fund is Aristocrat Leisure. Um, Aristocrat Leisure hit around about $32 and that was on the back of a lot of the weakness that we saw in technology based stocks and some disappointment over it not being supported in the Playtech acquisition. But it's still a pretty stable stock, um, and it's doing extremely well in terms of content. It's got great content. Now, I think at these prices, sort of 32 to 35 dollars, you're going to do pretty well if you, in you know, a year's time, 18 months' time.
0: Julia, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jay. That's Julia Lee of Birmingham Invest. Well, joining us now is Mike Gable from Fairmont Equities. I've asked Michael to look at a number of stocks, plus he throws in a few of the ones that he thinks are worth having a look at as well. Great to see you, mate.
2: Thanks, Peter. Good to be back.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the overall market first. I know you've got on screen the ASX 200.
2: Mm. Yeah, I'm not the expert you are, but it looks like it's really trying to get away from the sell-off. Yeah, look, it's it's a hard one to pick at the moment um, in some respects, very difficult market. I think when we last spoke, it was about a month ago, and mm. we didn't have the war um, in Ukraine, and we're more talking about interest rate rises and the end of QE and mm. what that would mean for the market. Yeah, you know, rising inflation. So, yeah, obviously the market is very volatile at the moment. I mean, one day to next, what you know, what is it going to do? I mean, I've I've got some feelings as to where we might go from here, mm. but you know, the day-to-day blows are. Yeah. You know it's anyone's guess. Well, you're
0: here not for the day though load, but for the for the trend that you think mm. might be developing. So what are we looking at here then?
2: Our market so still very messy um, so i'll sh- I'll show everyone what I'm seeing on this particular chart. so right. as we as we spoke about about a month ago there was a very clear um, support line at seventy two hundred which mm. which did get breached the massive market... fear
0: factor of the wall is it?
2: Um, this was back in January, right. so you know, there were a few things happening with interest rates. The market okay. managed to bounce back. And as you can see, it's just been very messy since then. So mm. so each of these bars or candles represents the daily trading ranges. And as we can see, they're very large. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's basically showing what everyone's feeling, which is that there's a lot of volatility. volatility. Yep. So the fact that we are back under this line is a little bit of a negative, but it is a positive that we're above here. And obviously, our market's a bit stronger than... The U.S. market, because of all those uh, resource um, yeah. companies on our index, uh, we have
0: companies that are actually favoured by war, like, like for example, yeah. Woodside and the Santos with oil.
2: Yeah, ex- exactly. So, look, our, our market's it's hanging in there. Um, there obviously isn't much of a, a trend. Uh, the U.S. market actually is starting to 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 give me a little bit more insight as to what that might do. So it's, it's okay. funny that the yeah the U.S. market is actually starting to. Uh, yeah, tell me we might be fairly close to a low.
0: Yeah, and by the way, that's exactly what uh, Bank of America said on Friday. They thought that the worst of
2: the mm. war
0: sell-off was probably that the market was staying at the bottom. We've got the yeah. S&P 500 chart, why don't yep. we go to that now?
2: Yeah, I've, so I've brought that one along. So what's interesting is this here, is going
0: down at a fast, it, it seems like a steeper rate.
2: So it looks worse than our market. Mm. Um, but. In, in some ways, by making these new lows, it's, it's, it's showing me something. I'll, I'll explain a bit more. So mm. what I've got down here is an RSI, which is basically a momentum indicator. Mm. And what it's doing is giving us something called bullish divergence. So this is where... Gee, it sounds like <laughs> a new age term, doesn't it? <laughs> it almost it? sounds like well. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so basically, we've got a share p- we've, well, uh, an index which is making new lows. So we have a price going lower. Mm but we have momentum heading high. So what I mean by that is, even though the market in the US is lower than where it was in January, mm. the momentum actually bottomed in January. Mm. Now, this is very similar by to- By
0: momentum, what, what do you mean?
2: So we're, we're, looking at, we're looking at basically the, so the RSI, it's a 15 day RSI. So we're just looking at the, the buying and selling pressure. And RSI
0: stands for, well, sorry, Mark. But relative,
2: relative strength okay, indicator. Good. Okay. So when you see this bullish, Divergence—it's telling you that we're getting closer hmm. to a low. Um, we had a similar setup to this in March 2020. So this was where was the, the big time. sell-off in mm-hmm. COVID. Yeah. Uh, the market bottomed about a month after the RSI bottomed. So when we saw that happening, it was telling us: as soon as we get a bit of a bounce, it should it should stick. So hmm. we're seeing that here. It doesn't always work, of course. Um, in 20 uh, at the end of 2018. We saw a similar setup, and the market did take one more final Hmm. sort of washout, sort of sell off there. But because of this bullish divergence, it just rebounded pretty quickly. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think most of the damage here Hmm. is over. If you get a sell off, give it a few days, it'll be back up to to where it started anyway. So, I've actually been happy to start buying stocks over the last couple of weeks given that I think the pace of selling is, is, is uh, you know, slowing down.
0: Okay, well you hear, heard it here first, and if he's wrong we'll hate him, <laughs> if he's right we'll love him. Alright, so let's go to some individual stocks now. And, yep. and these came from our Boom Doom Zoom show, people asking us questions. And we looked at what the analysts said when it comes to net worth, uh, the uh, analysts thought there was 20% upside for the company. Mm. Are the charts giving you the same kind of indication?
2: To me, this this is still a bit of a risky chart. So this is a weekly chart um, of net wealth. As we could see, given what it's done over the last year, it is at the bottom of that range. So mm. you could probably say, okay, well, you know, it should bounce from here. I just don't like the pace of selling to bring it down here. It obviously had a result a couple of weeks or so ago, mm. and the market, you know, really didn't buy into it beyond a day or two. So. Sure, it's at the bottom of this range. I'd prefer, I know this sort of, for some people it sounds odd, I'd rather see it get to the top of this range and then get above that because all the selling pressure would be over. Mm. Because as soon as it starts bouncing from here, you've got basically a year and a half's worth of price points where people want to get out without making a loss. Mm. So if we look back here in 2020, um, as we could see, there was a range back at this point. And then when it broke beyond that resistance line some people might have thought you were crazy because mm. it went from five dollars to ten dollars then it was making an all-time high mm. and some people would have thought okay well that's that's a bit crazy i'm not right. buying it here but up at this level you don't have any sellers mm. so um, you know that that gave you a nice move so i could see why the analysts might say there's potentially 20 percent upside gets it back to about here but mm. again i'd rather see it clear this whole this whole region first. Okay, so it's not convincing at this stage. That's right.
0: Okay, let's go to the next one now, and this is IPL, Incitik
2: Pivot. So I guess in some <laughs> respects, similar to the previous chart, NWO, that there was a range that it was trading in, but the good thing about this one is it actually broke um, through the top side of that range a few days ago. So this is a daily chart, and up until this range, it had been trending higher fairly yeah, well. Nice rise, so wasn't it? Yeah, so it looks, to me, this looks good. Maybe if I was to find a negative, it would be the fact that it's gone from here to here, perhaps too quickly. So maybe in the next few days you see it ease back. But I think if you see it come back towards 350, 360 and it can hold those mm. levels, then that would be an opportunity to buy. And,
0: Mark, this is a company that probably has benefited from the war as well, hasn't it?
2: That's that's right. So, mm. the, you know, in terms of the, the materials for, for explosives and... Um, yeah. Um, and fertilizer, with the restrictions of uh, exports out of Russia, yeah. it will benefit them. And if, know, get and that. if
0: waste brings a high price invariably their inputs go up as well, don't they?
2: Yeah. So look, I think you get that initial sort of excitement of, of yeah. you know, for want of a better word, um, because of what's happening with with Russia yeah. and no one Speculation buying Speculation around war prices. Um, yeah. But but you know, if if that sticks and you know for a number of months from now, which yeah. I think it should do, then yeah. You know, longer term this would you know this business would be in a good position but i think short term the price you might just get it a little bit cheaper
0: okay good point let's go to one that a lot of people um think it is at a great price um csl mm. is the chart sort of telling you that the upside is closer than it has been in recent times
2: so in some ways similar to that nwl chart where mm. we've got this um sort of you know big trading range this is a weekly chart mm. Um, it's near the bottom of that range. It tried to bounce here uh, after results, but it didn't really follow through. So it is at the bottom of that range. Again, I'd rather see it come out the top. Um, but the overall picture for CSL still looks pretty bullish um, <coughs> because this formation here is known as a flag, and you could see... And it looks like a flag too. I yeah, think. yeah. so basically you've that's your... got, that's the flagpole and that's that's the flag. Yeah. So what, what it's visually, you, it's yeah, is just the, the strength of the buying. So we have to remember in 2019, CSL returned about 50%. So mm. really strong move and it needs to consolidate that move. It's just doing so over yeah. a very long period of time. Obviously, if it breaks under here, you know, it'll, it'll get washed away for, for a while longer. Um, but if you step back and have a look at the, the longer term trend, it does look fine. It just needs to break here. Hmm. And obviously, if it was the break up here and be trading around the 330 level, uh, I think you'll you'll see it make a fairly swift move.
0: Yeah, and the analysts are pretty positive on the stock, giving it probably a year or so. Yeah. All right, let's go to um, Blue Scope. And once again, I'll give you the analyst. Analysts think about 31% upside. This is a company a lot of people expected mm. to do a lot better. It has struggled recently. What are the charts telling you?
2: Um, so, after, so they had their result here. Um, and it was one of those results where some people felt that it was disappointing, but the share price reaction was was very positive. Yeah. So I like it. I like yeah. it when I see that because yeah. um, it it clearly shows that the stock was oversold. So up until the last sort of several weeks, we had this clear trading range. It broke under that, but it managed to bounce back up very quickly, and we could see that it was. Sort of congesting under that old support line. So once mm. it broke through there, that was actually the buy signal um, for Blue Scope. Mm. and it rallied pretty hard. Unfortunately, I think with the nickel price um, going up, it sort of come back down into the range. But the good thing is we've we've still got some good buying stepping High in at these higher lows. We're seeing there. Yeah, yeah. So look, it it tried to go and couldn't couldn't make it. Um, but it, to me, it doesn't look negative. It just looks like it wants to use up a bit more time and then it'll get going. So again.
0: anyone who doesn't hold blue scope at this point in time, this probably looks like a reasonable opportunity to, to give it a bit of a go.
2: Yeah, look, I, th- I think these are good levels for it. If you'd prefer to wait for there to actually be a bit of momentum again, yeah. because if you buy it here, it might do nothing for a while. Yeah. Um, I'd look for this this level here. Um, I think that's 1950. So if we can get back above this line, um, then that, that tells us that uh, that you know that that selling pressure. So blue price is at twenty
0: more... might be a, a reason to give it a chance.
2: Yeah, well let's, yeah if we call it twenty dollars that, that tells you it's on its way, and it'll probably make another swift move back up to twenty two fifty at the very least. Of course, if it gets above this line, then that's that's very yeah. bullish. And there are people who
0: would have said you know I guess you know when the view on blue Scope was pretty positive was well it's there's going to be a global economic rebound in twenty twenty two. Mm. A company like Bluescope, we're selling a lot of stuff.
2: Yeah, exactly. This, you know, they they, they fall in the same basket as a lot of those other um, stocks that will benefit from everything happening this yeah. year.
0: Okay, let's go to one that's disappointed a lot of uh, people, including me, uh,
2: Tyra. So, yeah, obviously we've still got that that downtrend, Peter. Mm. Um, I guess there's a positive after after these events here a few weeks ago. It hasn't continued to head lower, mm. but at the same time, it's not really making much progress either. So I think this is uh, a case where it's you know, a little bit too early to see any signs of it heading up. Um, I think it'll, probably at best, it needs to maybe just go sideways for yeah. a while and, and establish a base. And hopefully that could be the launch pad for higher levels. Hopefully it doesn't break under these prices here. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, a bit neutral on this one yeah, at the it moment. It just
0: basically means that, if you wanna see a turnaround, you're gonna to have to wait. And, yep. and I, I suspect Tyra is a victim of both being tech and payments and both of those. I, mm. I noticed the other day like PayPal, like you couldn't probably get a better payments company apart from maybe Visa or, or MasterCard, mm. but it's going up from about 300 to 100 over that period of time where yeah. payment stocks have been selling off, quite extraordinary. All right, so you th- gotta think that it's gonna have a, a bounce back eventually. Mm. Now, here's an interesting one. Um, AKE. Now, this was the, the
2: merger of Oricobra and Galaxy, wasn't it? Yeah, that's that's right. So a large lithium company, a lot of the lithium so, stocks His Its name is Allchem? Allchem. Yep. So a lot of the lithium stocks are doing pretty well at the moment. Um, I, I like the look of this chart, um, and the reason why I brought this one along is because it's actually just given us a clear buy signal mm. in the last couple of days so our viewers which we will
0: like to see from most of the other ones yes. from previously yes. so if
2: our viewers are looking to buy it um you know now's the time so mm. um the great thing about this is it had provided us a very clear resistance level mm. going back to july last year mm. at around ten dollars it did break through that in december um, and obviously got smashed back down which isn't ideal but the positive is that it just stayed within this range. It didn't break this line and head head lower. So even though it it fell here, and this is when the whole market was getting sold off in January, it then managed to to hold in really well, still mm. giving us these you know higher lows, and still showing very clear resistance at ten. So it popped up last Friday. It's down a little bit today. Yeah. Um, to me, it's very clear as, as a trader. It's you buy it here. If it goes back under ten dollars, maybe you can sell out and take a very small loss and keep an eye on it, but it means you've got a very good risk reward. So you're risking from say, let's call it ten forty to just under ten. So you might be risking five percent for a stock that at the least should retest twelve dollars. So pretty good upside, and I think And for the long term
0: investor he doesn't care about you know, the ins and outs of mm. pathetic traders like you <laughs>
2: <laughs> they, they can just sit there and wait for the twelve fifty to bob up again. I, I think it'll probably go through this. Yeah. Um, this peak because it's done a lot of work here I think you know anyone who wanted to sell it has has had several weeks here opportunity at at selling and just getting out of there so they've they've done that and I think this will keep
0: pushing. It seems to me uh, Michael this is a this is a lithium stock isn't it it's battery stuff it's electric cars and so you know people say have I missed it missed Mm. out on it well if you want to make money in the short term the answer possibly is yes even though your suggestion maybe it's not but if you want to be a long-term investor it seems to me a company like this should be a, a real beneficiary of the, mm. the explosion of electric cars and battery yeah. technology
2: yeah look def- definitely it's got a bright future ahead of it mm. i guess we just have to be i'm always mindful of you know getting too excited with the story because sometimes these things overshoot we know with mm. um you know with the the lithium, Business. I, you know, I remember back when you know, on the Sky Business Days, Peter, we were talking about lithium stocks, and, and my view then was stay away from them because mm. the, the values were plummeting of these, these businesses because yeah. everyone got excited. There was a lot of demand. But then the supply response came in. There was excess supply and prices, prices collapsed. Yeah. So they, they can be very cyclical, but at the moment I still think there is that, that further upside yeah. and we might have a good year ahead of us. I think
0: the important point is if you're, going to do, if you're going to dabble into these new industries, you dabble. You don't go excessively long. Uh, it might have worked for mm. people at Bitcoin. I actually interviewed a guy on my Sky Business program when Bitcoin was $249. <laughs> and there was a publican down at Willamaloo actually accepting Bitcoin for, from backpackers. Wow. That guy probably is no longer in the pub game. But yeah. the, usually it's just diversify, go into a whole lot of interesting mm. industries over time and build it up. As, yeah. you, as you succeed yeah. mike always great to talk to you that's Thanks, mike greater. gable from family equities well our next guest is Adam doors of sure and partners great to see you adam
3: yes yeah, great to be here peter thank you very much
0: what, what do you reckon has been behind the positivity on the market today
3: Uh, It's a bit tough. I mean, obviously we're seeing uh, there's a holiday in uh, Melbourne and South Australia and WA. So we've got lighter trading volumes that have been going through. So that potentially might have helped a little bit uh, our market to sort of get to sort of those kind of highs that we saw. But look, I think, you know, potentially there's a little bit of optimism that things aren't as bad as what they first thought. And really, at the end of the day, I think that we're going to see Uh, this market sort of just start to move on a little bit from the conflict that's going overseas and the next thing is obviously we're we're pricing in interest rates and so potential people are thinking that it's not as bad as what we first thought Mm. so it's good to see us stand on our own two feet today in in the market
0: yeah i I know i in my Switzer report on saturday morning i wrote and it came from cnbc that uh even Vladimir Putin said that there have been some positive um, shifts in the negotiations between the Kremlin and Ukraine. And I noticed that the Gemma market was up and that probably mm. would have been a, the sort of good news that we hoped for. But, you know, you, you, you can never rely on it. But still, I think it's a bit of a sneak preview of what will happen when some kind of solution comes down the pike.
3: Yeah, definitely. And the solution is, is obviously that they will continue to talk or potentially look at a ceasefire. And what we do know is in a straightaway that ceasefire means that the oil price will fall straight away. So, you know, be careful with all of those oil positions that people have that are in profit at the moment. And certainly uh, a lot of the commodities will fall. So the uranium, the aluminium, and even some of the uh, uh, fertilizer stocks will obviously potentially fall as well because that supply and demand, meaning supply potentially might realign again. There's still demand, but that supply will come back online. Uh, that definitely helps some of those commodities to readjust back to a normal level.
0: Yeah. And a company like Incitec Pivot is a, a fertilizer company. Analysts think there's about 2.5% upside, but probably it would suffer, wouldn't it, um, if uh, a fire happened?
3: Yeah, it definitely would. And it really, at the moment, it's currently just trading on that expectation that those fertilizer prices or those DAP prices are gonna remain high. So the market is definitely chasing at the moment, but the problem is with uh, Insitev Pivot, and this has constantly happened with these companies that they've had some operational challenges, mm. which have really sort of affected the business and that overshadowed their uh, overall results. So albeit there's a very strong operation and a strong uh, you know commodity base, uh, some of those uh, those challenges that go into producing the fertilizer and, uh, and, the, and the DAP products uh, that is going to become a little bit more challenging. Yeah. so that's something that we need to be wary of uh, if and when a resolution does happen.
0: A company that hasn't really lived up to expectations but I think a lot of people still like it is blue scope and the analysts think there's about a 31 percent upside. Do you agree with them that it's a company worth buying and holding until you know good times come?
3: Yeah, look, it's an interesting one because BlueScope is one of those businesses that has done very, very well in steel production here in Australia. You know, albeit you take away China, you still need steel all the way around the world. But obviously Mm. China has been over the last four to five years, the biggest consumer of iron ore, the biggest consumer of steel and obviously exporting steel as well. So it's not just that they make steel uh, and use it in China, they also export it. So, yeah, it looks to me that, that those production volumes were actually quite strong. Um, and I really like uh, Blue Scope at these levels. Anything under $20, I'm really, really comfortable with it. So I've got a lot of clients in it, sort of holding on uh, due to the fact that, you know, China has been trying to set the price on steel and has been flooding the market with the cheaper steel, which uh, a lot of people do use. Blue scope obviously provides a very high quality product bond and all those kinds of things. So uh, the difference, I guess, there between their raw materials and the finished product, there's some there's some movement in that sort of underlying commodity price. And Blue Scope's sort of been trading in a range now from sort of $19 to $22 fairly regularly. So I would just be a little bit cautious on Blue Scope, but I've got a lot of clients in it and we're holding. So I'm quite comfortable with the business. I still feel there's some upside as long as China doesn't Uh, muck around with that steel price too much. I think we should be okay.
0: Okay. Let's go to a company like NetWealth. It's had a fantastic run up. It's been off the boil lately. Analysts think about 20% upside. What do you think?
3: Yeah, look, it's a fantastic business. And gee, haven't they taken uh, the the market share off the big banks, which Mm. is fantastic. Uh, NetWealth Hub, uh, Premium, which has now been taken over. by net wealth mm-hmm. uh anyway somebody to remind me on that one but it is in takeover play at the moment uh look certainly net wealth has been very very good and and overall the funds under management is growing what i think the market is a little bit skeptical of is, is that they their 2002 results were missed due to higher expenses and that's a continuing trend that we're seeing within this sector or the, the platform sector as such is that investment flows continue to, to continue to beat on expectations but they do disappoint on those higher costs. Now, that's inherent of a lot of businesses these days that they do need to actually pay more to get better staff or keep that staff. Mm. And he- hence those higher wage costs, higher technology costs or IT costs going into the business, all of these things will basically turn this uh, around to uh, fantastic inflows, but they have to watch that cost line. And I think that's what's, um, why the market's a little bit cautious on that. And they need to really sort of pull that back over time. I think the business is fine. We prefer hub in that space. We've got to buy-on hub here at Shores. But wealth uh, is still a fantastic business and very comfortable mm. with it.
0: Okay, just quickly, a couple of um, companies that were thrown at us at the Boom Doom Zoom um, program we, we hold on Thursdays. Um, first one is Melbane Energy, M-A-Y. Do you know anything about it?
3: Uh, not so much. I did look at it. It's in trading halt at the moment. Actually reported, uh, and I think so. Still in trading halt from its report today. Mm. Uh, the report actually looked okay. I don't know too much about it, but um, it, it did look okay. So I think anything in the energy side of things, they do produce oil, uh, and, and you know they've got a, they've got a fair bit there. So uh, I don't know too much about it. Very small, very speculative, but in trading halt today. So. Hopefully that uh, bodes well for investors because, gee, if you look at the chart, investors have done well over the last three to four months.
0: How about Frontier Digital Ventures (FDV)? What a great name that is, isn't it? Sounds like <laughs> Davy Crockett. Davy
3: <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about that one, Peter. I'll leave that one alone.
0: I, I think they might. Have, I think they might have presented at one of our conferences, and I, I suspect they they work out of Malaysia or Singapore, and they do a lot of. Uh, sort of techie type things but okay um another one is called <laughs> m- is, that,
3: is, is that what you call it techie type things
0: <laughs> techie type things yeah <laughs> ma financial group do you know that m a uh, well
3: yes i do know that one uh which is uh the old molus financial okay. group or molus uh which is it's sort of a, a slash private equity slash uh business that really uh just basically talks about um uh so they've got retail clients institutional clients they've traded the market they've got some funds look it's a great little business um it's, it's very well respected in the market however it does uh attract uh sort of a bit of it because it is quite small um look for most clients i'd be staying with macquarie that would be the better place to be for for that uh, uh investment banking side of things mm. macquarie would be my pick in that space uh molus does look like uh, sorry may that's a, Yeah, MA Financial, MAF, Hmm. uh, is certainly one of those ones that I'd be a little bit cautious on at the moment, especially with all the unrest that's going on around the world.
0: Yeah, okay. Final one is a product that I quite quite like, Cobham Estates, uh, CBO. Um, Yeah. And it it listed last year, didn't it? It listed last year. How's it going? Well, it's it's
3: actually holding up quite well compared to a lot of IPOs that have uh, come on in the last sort of three to six months. Hmm. But uh, yeah, Cobham, uh, just listed, it's it's an interesting business. I, I did do a little bit of a dive into it. Uh, you know, it, it does struggle uh, with everything, you know, going forward as far as making sure that there's enough oil, uh, you know, in the tins to keep out there. It's an interesting one. It's something that I, uh, food and agri side of things is very, very tough. I think, you know, you need to be very, very specialised and you need to know what you're talking about. So a lot of farmers potentially would be, would be a better pick uh, on that side of things. Mm. I do know olive trees are fairly, uh, they do need a bit of water and quite intensive in sort of that farming side of things. But overall, um, it's probably been too early for me to have a, a an opinion on it. Mm. I'd like to see another couple of quarters of financial um, information coming through, another yearly presentation on that, just to see how the company and how it's reacting. And that's probably then I'd be able to give you a little bit more. But At the moment, it's too new and early stage for
0: yeah. me. From my point of view, it's a very good product. But lots of good products don't necessarily have companies that succeed on the stock market. And that's, I guess, it yeah. just needs some, as you say, some runs on the board. Adam Dawes, thanks for joining yeah. us.
3: Thanks, Peter. Have a great day.
0: And that was open doors of Shore and Partners. Now remember, NAB Trade will be donated all brokerage earned on Thursday, 17th of March to a charity called Give It for the Storms and Flooding Appeal. Now, 100% of your brokerage fees will go towards Aussies badly affected by the recent floods to help rebuild their homes and their communities. It's a really, really good idea. So for more information, just head to www.nabtrade.com.au Thanks for joining us. See you on Thursday.